Whether it's dismantling the fossil fuel industry, creating a solar-powered utopia, or simply desiring to hear more birds in the sky than planes, this is Idealistically, a podcast where we discuss what we would idealistically want in an ideal world. Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of Idealistically. I'm going to keep this intro very short. This episode was recorded prior to COP26 and I'm now back home and feeling a little bit under the weather for the first time since early 2020, which is interesting. But yeah, I'm really happy to share this conversation with you. It's a very joyful one and I hope you will enjoy. Would you like to do what I ask all my guests to do, which is to introduce yourself and let the world know who you are and what you do? <laughs> my name is Jasmine Rogers, and I'm a Black and Mexican content creator based in San Diego, California. And I talk about sustainable fashion and lifestyle. Amazing. One of the key reasons I have you on is because you mix sustainability and fashion in like a really fun way. And for those of you who don't know, I got started in sustainability and activism through my love of fashion. So I love to talk to other people about it. It's what I think actually I end up having these conversations about fashion and then realizing how much it like lights me up because like, yeah, that is that is the thing that got me started. Yeah, I think I found you too when I was first passionate about it. I was like so desperate to find other people who were having these conversations and you were you were actually one of my first follows for all this. Oh, that's nice to know. Yeah, and now it's like the, the online world of sustainable fashion has just completely boomed, which is obviously amazing because the more the merrier. Exactly. So to ease ourselves in, as I like to do, how are you currently finding it to envision an ideal world? Like, is it easy? Is it tricky? Somewhere in the middle? Where are you? <laughs> I think it's so it's it's definitely somewhere in the middle, but I think that's pretty normal because I feel like I feel like humans it's really easy for us to focus on the negativity. Like I feel like we're wired that way. Like I think it's a survival instinct for us all to like see the dangers there are so that we're aware and we like make a change. Um but I feel like for this for the climate crisis like specifically, it really does take also like just as ma- like just amount of like just as much amount of like joy on the other end and having hope because I feel like the days that I don't have that I just like I can't do anything and I can't talk to anyone I can't participate I like and I just feel like the whole thing that we're like advocating for is for us to have full like holistic like lifestyles and um and I think that, like not being able to like like you have to be able to envision that in order for that future to happen. Maybe it's low key like a manifestation type thing. Like you're manifesting a, a good future, so you kind of have to focus on the positive. So that's kind of like what I, I that's kind of my process for envisioning an ideal world. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think actually like the more episodes and more conversations I have with people about that, like I think I've just I've opened up more space to actually envision it. Um, so it is, it, I think the more you, we focus on it, the more beneficial it actually is. I think the more drive it gives us. Um, so I, I totally relate and the idea of it, like ending up like manifesting it in a way. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm like, maybe low key. That's like what we're all collectively doing. <laughs> maybe that's more what we need. A collective manifestation. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what is the very first thing that comes to your mind when you envision an ideal world? Oh, I... So I actually read this uh, recently, or not recently, I read this a couple months ago, but I feel like 
it summarizes exactly how I feel. And it's a quote by Leah Thomas in an article she did for Atamos in conversation with like Rachel Karkle, I believe. Um, and the quote says, when I close my eyes, I imagine a world where black people are joyful and the earth is safer and thriving, where the soil we walk on is nourished, the grass is greener than ever before, and the systems of oppression are dismantled and reconstructed. In this future, we will finally be granted the right to breathe and coexist freely in the world around us. And I feel like, oh, at the end of the day, that's exactly what I want for everyone, just to like, be able to enjoy the world as it is, you know, like not having to like fight and survive in this type of way or like live under like systems of oppression, you know, and both, both for humans and animals and like the ecosystems that we're in. It's like, we, we, we like, it's our birthright to be able to rest and have joy and be able to enjoy like the planet and like have a relation with it, you know? And I want to go, I want to go back to that. Yeah. I bumped into someone today who's also kind of like in the activism space and we were both saying how we kind of have just been focusing on other things and like taking a step back and we were just kind of like is this how like people who are blissfully unaware of all these problems like feel like is this it (laughs) is this what we're actually like fighting for is to feel this and like be blissfully unaware for a bit (laughs) Yeah, like, I, th- I think that's how we're supposed to, that's like how we're supposed to live. And that's actually what we're fighting for. And I think so often it's so hard to, like, to remember that in the midst of it. And um, actually, this the name of the article was uh, Black Optimism and Climate, like, it was like Black Optimism and Climate Optimism, something around that title. But I think that's more so where I'm putting myself, like, I, I don't really call myself an activist. But if I were, I would call myself more of a climate optimist. Like, that's more so, like, what I'm advocating for because I think it's so easy to, like, fall into the doom and gloom of it all because, I mean, there's a plethora of things <laughs> that we can focus on. And I think it's it's more challenging and also puts us back into our mission of what we're doing was when we focus on, like, climate optimism and, like, this kind of vision. Yeah, definitely. What does that kind of... I don't know if you're someone who is very visual in their mind. I would think so because you're very colourful and creative in everything you do. Like, what does that actually look like, do you think, when you close your eyes? Okay, this is going to sound really silly. I don't know. Did you ever watch Powerpuff Girls growing up? Um, I feel like, like, once or twice. It's a very niche episode I'm talking about, but I this is how I view myself. Um, so one of the characters is Bubbles, and she's, like, the really, like, cheerful, like, little blondie. Like, she's just, like, such a cutie. She's the blue one, by the way. <laughs> and um, there's an episode where she like is in a world that's like all black and white and there's this like clown character that's like turning the colorful world into like a black and white world and she's like desperately trying to like color it back in and then she like at the end of the day like finds community and ends up like bringing like joy to other people and then all the color comes back and the clown is gone and that's kind of like how I see myself of like gathering community and like getting that hope together and be able to like change the systems that are like basically blanching everything you know and trying to make everything more effective and efficient and fit into these boxes and in the process just like destroying everything in their process and I feel like my little my little part is to try to color the world the way I can and (laughs) it sounds way way too cutesy but I feel like that's the best analogy um that I recently saw and I was like yes that's exactly how I feel you you are bubbles okay we have I know (laughs) Yeah, I try to add a little bit of buttercup, though, into my life, a little bit more edge. But I think at the end of the day, I have a bubble core. 
I love this. I love this conversation already just because like I've never thought I would be talking about Powerpuff Girls on here. So I'm just so glad and grateful for that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> this is a question that some people actually find quite difficult, which is what would you keep from this current version of reality, which may not be as colorful as we want it to be? for your ideal version? Like what's something you actually want to keep? Oh, that's a good question. I think the way that we're all so interconnected, I want to keep that. Like I feel like being able to learn about like different cultures and perspectives and like how anyone like, or not anyone, I, I think there's still like levels where people aren't able to like access, be like have things accessible to them. But like, even for me, it's like, I was able to create the career that I have and meet like people like you through like technology and like through this activism. And I think I would have, I think a lot of my passions would have been so stifled if I was just, if I didn't have access to like the technology that we have here today and the social media that we have here today, though that's another conversation of how I feel about that. But um, I think just like being able to be as connected as we are, I think is really special. Yeah. And do you think that still looks like you know keeping hold of like the online world and social media or do you think like there are other ways we can do that I think I think social media needs to be deeply decentralized (laughs) like one like the fact that like yeah Instagram shut down for one day and everyone like you know and their mothers are like disconnected like all and like like it's just like crazy that like one click can happen and then we're all instantly like disconnected and I think there has to be ways that we decentralize that but I think the core aspect of like being able to engage with one another is like really, I think it's really powerful. Yeah, definitely. It did make me realize like Instagram and Facebook and all their apps like going away, like just made me realize the fact that like I rely on that to just even communicate with my family. Like we communicate over WhatsApp. So then to have that go away, I'm like, how do I, oh, I have to email my parents. Like, it feels really weird. Yeah, we don't we don't use as much WhatsApp over here, which is always funny to me. I know. I, yeah, I have international friends and I'm like, it's so hard to like keep track of both. <laughs> but I think like even like a lot of my activism, it's like, or like a lot of like what I do on social media is so reliant on like speaking with other creators and other like, like people like you. Like I would never find you if this didn't exist. And there's so many people that like, yeah, yeah, I just think I just think I wouldn't be who I am today without it. And I think it just provides opportunity for so many who like haven't had access to like resources in the past, it makes it a little bit more accessible now. Yeah, especially I mean, at the time of recording in the UK, the thing we have coming up is COP. Obviously, it's not just for the UK, it's like a global thing. But the fact that you know, there is going to be some people who aren't able to go having that online link is really important, even if it's imperfect stuff like that yeah and it's pretty magical like if you actually stop and think about the fact that we're talking to each other from other sides of the planet it's pretty amazing (laughs) i know i know i had someone ask you they're like oh you're gonna attend uh cop and i was like honestly it would just be more beneficial for me and the environment and all that if i just like stayed at home and i i'm able to do that and still engage from home like that's awesome Let's go back to what you're all about, fashion. I am too, so we love that. The big question, I guess, for this conversation is what do you see for the future of the fashion world and consumerism and all things like that? I think 
I think we're headed towards a redefining of what fashion means and what the fashion industry is. Like, I think, well, fashion and clothing has been a part of human existence since, like, forever. Like, culturally, it's been a part of, like, people's, like, ancient cultures and just, like, it's a necessity to our daily lives. Like, it's not something that we can just get rid of because it's, like, we need to clothe ourselves both for fun and necessary reasons. Um, but I think just like changing what it is and how we consume it and like viewing it more as an art form and also just like, like seeing what fashion really means to us. Like, um, I was actually discussing this with someone else on a different, it was a, it was a sustainable fashion event. And it's even just like thinking of like people who participate in fashion. It's like, it's your tailor down the street. Who's like fitting it to your, to your body. It's your mom who made you your dress for your homecoming, you know, event that's happening, or it's you like styling and reselling pieces it's thrifting it's it's so much more it's so much bigger than just fashion runways and having to like consume the next trends and like keeping that cycle going over and over and over again like I think we're trying to break like I think we need to break away and I feel like people also are just so sick of it like I think especially with the rise of micro trends on like TikTok I think people are just so sick of like having to keep up with trends and also just like viewing the same trends over and over and I think we're going to see more personal style and a redefining of like what fashion really means for this generation and for future generations. I think that's such an important reminder. Like even just, I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't thought about that like that in a while is the fact that fashion is more than shopping. Like it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think even I've got it in my head that like, yep, we need to like ab- abolish the idea of shopping and fashion and stuff like that. But then it's like, yeah but also fashion is so much more because I don't shop much like I recently um with my local activism group we've started doing um clothes swap I'm not clothes swaps a free shop so we're like basically just collecting clothing donations and giving them out for free and like that is a form of consumerism but also like that is fashion like it's still I'm still being able to you know you know people are still being able to style clothes from that I'm still being able to style clothes from that I got this like chunky um like kind of like cricket jumper style thing um which I think was originally from Shein and I would never ever buy something (laughs) putting it out there we don't shop from Shein on this podcast I know but it's better that you're wearing it instead of it being a landfall I think it's amazing um so yeah good reminder that for sure so I guess that answers one of the other questions I was going to ask of like do you believe in like abolishing the fashion industry or do you think it can become something more positive? Yeah, I did. Well, uh, I think, I know I keep emphasizing like climate optimism, but I think it's one of those things where I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, like, like mental health wise, where if you, if you're like, or I don't know, it's like if you're riding a bike and you're focusing so hard on not hitting a tree and you're like, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree. You're going to end up going towards the tree and hitting it. And you're like, whoa like why and it's like the only way you avoid it is by not thinking about it and you actually go like hey actually I'm gonna go down this road and do that and I think that also applies to what fashion is like I'm not gonna harp and be so stuck on like this one thing I'm gonna like start reimagining and pushing people towards another thing and I think that's even I think a huge reason why sustainable fashion has gained the momentum it has where people are starting to like see a new way it can be done or feel encouraged of like oh, I can't afford quote unquote like sustainable fashion brands, but like I've been uh, like, I've been sustainable my whole life and I never thought about that. And that's something I should be proud of. And it's not something to be ashamed. We're like, my parents were ashamed that we thrifted and that we couldn't 
poor clothes and I had hand-me-downs, but now I'm proud of that and I want to continue that, you know? And so I think the way that we envision a new future for fashion is focusing on what it can be instead of like what it is. And I think, I mean, like we, like there's people who are in those situations, like garment workers who are facing those, like, you know, the brunt of the brunt of like the horrors of the fashion industry and also like communities are being affected by that. But I think that we need to start in tandem with that also envisioning what it can become. That's actually really exciting when you think about it that way. Like, for example, again, like going back to the way I consume fashion is like 100% secondhand at this point. I think the only thing I'm thinking of buying new at the moment is some new underwear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like, if you think about it and you frame it in that way, like I'm at the point of like my fashion experience is the ideal version at this point. Like I, I consume secondhand and in my eyes, like that's what we should all be doing. I think we've got enough clothes on this planet. I think it's possible that it can be done. <laughs> I think if we pulled the plug on, on new fashion today, we'd be all right for quite some time. Oh yeah, I think we would. I actually, I actually think we would. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I really, I like that way of looking at it. Like the way we consume and engage with fashion now can actually already be it. Like, can it can already be the ideal version. Yeah, like, I think even just adding to that, too, like, I know that people were like, wow, like, my parents were able to hand down, like, these really nice garments to me. And, like, a, few, a couple people were able to experience that. I haven't, unfortunately. But I think people are like, oh, I want to do that. And then they're looking around of like, oh, the only clothes that I have and own or like are participating in are so low quality. And it's like, why is it like that? Why? Like, how can I? And I I just think I just think we're just so much more aware whether or not like specifically with Gen Z, whether or not they're actually actively like buying from new sustainable like brands. I think that there's a general awareness that hasn't been there in the past that I think is going to really like. It's just like planting little seeds now that I think are really going to come into fruition in the future. What other ways are you engaging with fashion at the moment in an ideal way? I think I think a huge one with the whole thrifting thing, I think I, um, well, in the past when I first got into sustainable fashion, I actually was a super avid fast fashion shopper. Like I was like when I got my first job, I was spending half my paycheck at the mall like every other week, which is so bad and then um long story short I found out about sustainable fashion over a year or so and I was like wrestling with the idea for a really long time I didn't want to give it up and then I was like oh shoot like if I want to be part of the fashion industry I think I really want to be a part of changing it um and then I was like oh I used to thrift my entire life like I should just go back to doing that and I have been to this day but I think what I have been questioning for myself personally in the past year or so is like okay, did I just transfer my fast fashion consuming habits straight to thrifting? And I'm like, I'm buying just as much. It is better. I'm like, I I mean, I'm doing my part of like trying to like take things away from landfills. But then I'm like, oh, I now I'm left with a ton of clothes that I don't wear. And (laughs) to be honest, I have a trunk full of like clothes that I'm like, are just sitting there that I don't know what to do with. And I'm like, oh, consumption's a huge part of this. Not just like what I'm consuming, it's how I'm consuming. And um I'm, that's why I'm like super excited to even read like Aja's like new book consumed because I think that's a huge part we we haven't we haven't thought about that that's a great promo actually uh hopefully by the time you're listening to this episode a couple of episodes back me and Aja did a live recorded episode of the podcast so you can go back and listen to that <laughs> there you go just a little free promo right there so that is a really good point I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think I 
like I've been thinking about that a lot myself like this I mean no one listening can can see but whilst I'm recording I am wearing this what I call my new granny cardigan which was um three pounds from like a giant charity shop warehouse and it's kind of ugly but also kind of fun um and that's like the first second hand thing I've bought in ages because I again I was like hang on do I actually even need to be buying second hand because I have enough clothes yes it's like a pretty you know it's not going to make any impact but do I actually need it so it's like all these different levels you can keep going and going and going until you get to that point where it's like actually do I even need second hand like I'm pretty I'm pretty lucky that I have a nice wardrobe of clothes so I think I'll just see where I go from here. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I, I found myself in the same spot where like, I got really, I felt really icky. And I was like, oh, I don't need this. And I just got like, I don't know, I was just like, I have like a ton of clothing that I don't need. And I'm like, I don't need to be in the thrift store, even though it's always been my comfort zone. Like, just like perusing the shops, listening to a little podcast, sipping a little coffee, you know, just... And then I'm like, oh, but I don't want consumerism to be my hobby. And I'm trying to like switch that up now. And that's been quite the journey. But, and even for me personally, it's like weird of like being a sustainable fashion content creator slash influencer type bit. Cause it's like, I want to like try new sustainable fashion pieces and show people that and like try it out before people buy. But then it's like, I end up with a lot of stuff. So I try to personally like try to be aware of how much I'm even accepting, which is a fraction, which sounds bougie. This sounds really bougie. Sorry, guys. But it's like, it's a like the fraction of amount of people who are just giving away just so much stuff and like how frustrating it is sometimes. We're like, I only ask for like one piece and then they send like a tote bag and here's a hat and here's a water bottle, a plastic water bottle. And I'm like, why? I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. And they end up with so much crap. And I think sometimes I get hard on myself for all that. But it's also like, I think the reality is we live in such a capitalistic society that like, no matter what job you do, there's going to be some kind of impact you're having to the environment. And I just have to sit with that sometimes. So It's good to sit with that. I so relate, though. And like, obviously, we're in very similar arenas. And like, I'll even turn down, like, I'll get offered like some sort of natural toothpaste. And it's like, cool, I could put that in my cupboard to like, sit when I need it. But like, I'm using a toothpaste that will last a while. Like, I don't actually need it, so I'm all right. <laughs> no, I feel that, like, even um, a brand reached out to me. Um, they're from Europe, and they wanted to send me a wooden, like, uh, comb. And I was like, that's so... Like, the, the amount of packaging and processing and flying to give me a wooden comb counteracts, like, what I'm trying to do. And I'm like, this just... That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't work. I think what we're getting at is an ideal world is one of a combination of a balance of joy and necessity. We dig what we need, not always just what we want. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for stepping in. I was, I was about to go into a spiral on this podcast. Like I was like, and then, and then it becomes like a vortex almost of like spiraling. And then it's like, why am I even trying? What am I even doing? And it's like my imperfect, yeah, my imperfect actions are still able to like affect others and like them take imperfect actions and at least we're all trying and I think that's a huge we're all trying we'll get that I'm just trying my best out here and imposter syndrome hits sometimes and I just oh. I 
so yeah, as I, I mentioned, you're very colourful. You're a very fun personality, um, at least from your persona online. Um, I'm sure we all have our not so colourful and not so fun days. We're all human. <laughs> and I thought it'd be really interesting to talk to you about like, how do we, how do you think at least, how do you think we like protect the like joyfulness of, especially with fashion, like what we wear and stuff like that whilst also making those changes and adjusting to the climate crisis. I guess this might end up being a little bit of 101 on how to be sustainable and fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, well, I think going to like protecting your your culture and your identities, I think not only like, it's not really a how, but it's like we must type of thing. Because I think with white supremacy and colonialism, which is a huge part of why the climate crisis exists and why sustainable or like what the fashion industry is the way it is and I think with that it ends up stripping us of our our identities it tries to put us in a box it tries to tell us like what to do and I think that like in order for us to push forward we really need to lean into our personal passions and perspectives and identities and like bringing that to the forefront you know and um and I think while like yeah like while doing it too like I talk about this for joy but I think this is also like for people from various backgrounds, but it's just like focusing on that, like what has your, like, what is it that like is tradition to you? And like, what can you bring forward? And also like, what things are you passionate about? Like, how do you focus on that? And I think it's like, instead of like, it's just like re, like recentering what your focus is. That would be a good, I guess a good thing to talk about, like what kind of traditions and what part of your identity do you feel like, yeah, you need to like really cling on to whilst going through this journey of like, adapting to learning all this horrible stuff yeah well I think the joy aspect is a huge part but I think also thinking back to when I was growing up there were so many sustainable things that we were doing that I didn't even realize were sustainable and then as I got older I was like oh that's like you know I was just so ashamed of that it was like oh that's like what my poor family does I don't want to be identified with that and it's like oh no like there's like ways that we were conserving like energy like make sure all the lights were turned off and like unplugging things and reusing like plastic bags and plastic containers as much as you can to like basically disintegrate and it's like making sure you actually mend your clothes and like you know like taking care of things like that and I think I even now because I tried so hard to remove myself while I was in college and, well I became passionate about sustainable fashion in college but I think I even just like distanced myself so far from that and even the beginning of my sustainable fashion journey I didn't realize that like I actually need to go back into relearning those habits for myself that's a really good point you were making about like the traditions of you know having to reframe it because like even I can't imagine not taking like Tupperware from a takeaway box and just using it like I think we need to get out of this idea that sustainability and moving towards an ideal world has to look one way and has to look fancy like true sustainability and yeah doing it actually truly sustainably is it's scrappy, it's <laughs> scrappy looking, and we might not like it. And it might be a thing that you have to relearn, like if, you know, there was shame around it from, you know, whatever. But like, we need more people doing it that way, ultimately. Yeah, exactly. And then even like, I think of like indigenous, like I'm, I'm half Mexican, half black, and half, uh, and like, so it's like, when I, I did like a um, ancestry, not ancestry, what is it? some kind of DNA test. And it told me that like, I'm 30% like African, I'm 30% indigenous Mexican, and I'm 30% um, Spanish. And 
even going back to like ancestral like indigenous roots like I feel like I am really far removed where like I wouldn't call myself indigenous even though I'm one-third indigenous um and I feel like that's just like something I didn't grow up with but I think for those who identify more closely to their indigenous like heritage and roots I'm like preserving that is so important like I mean we're talking about here with the Tupperware things and it's like they even have like knowledge of specifically like the land that we're in of like how to have a better relationship with that and that's like incredibly incredibly important to like preserve because it's so much has been erased and I think they hold knowledge and like have studied for like millennia of like how to have a relationship with the land and I'm like that that's pretty dang important I don't I don't I don't know that and like you you got to tell me that so (laughs) and bringing like those voices to the forefront I think is what we really, really need to do like pretty dang ASAP. Like we just need to preserve all that. Yeah, no, that's definitely 100% important thing to bring up. Again, I think it goes back to like the layers of all this stuff that we can like learn more from. And it's like, it's never ending, but so important at the same time. I keep bringing it up, but I think that's why climate optimism for me overall, I think for the movement is so important because it is so many layers. And I think for one individual to hold all those layers by themselves is really not possible and I think the thing that we all can bring ourselves back to is like collective community and joy I think especially like not only is it heavy in terms of like learning about stuff but like you say like people who do hold identities which have been marginalized like it's traumatic as well at the same time having to go back and dig into this stuff so yeah we have to hold space for it all we need so much healing I know (laughs) so much healing oh my god (laughs) hold another podcast The fun question of the podcast that we all love is, what would you invent in your ideal world? There's so many things. Okay, actually, my first one would be, I'm like, here, here I am. I'm going to be an inventor. This is the first of my inventions. If if I could create one thing, um, I think clo- like some kind of like sustainable regenerative material that will warp with your body, like will change over time. Like think of like a popcorn t-shirt, except it doesn't look like a pop- popcorn t-shirt. But it stretches and molds to your fit. Because I think so many people, like, have pieces that they love that, like, either become too big or too small. Or, like, they loved it as a kid. And they can't wear it now because it obviously might be too small. And it's, like, if, like, I feel like that would, like, help cut down on the need to have to buy new things. There's my fun little invention for the day. Tune in next week for... I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, no, I like that. And I never, like, mention... I don't think I really do, unless I'm, like, saying, you know, fuck them. Um, But I never mention companies. But I think that actually is one. I think... I can't remember what it's called. My invention's already been created. No, it's not quite. (laughs) It's like what you say. It's, like, very similar to, like, a popcorn-y kind of fabric, where it's kind of like an accordion that stretches, and it's, like, kids' clothing. Oh, I've seen that, yeah. But I'm like, imagine if it didn't have to, like, accordion-like... That would be pretty magical. It'd be beautiful. Like just your whole wo- whole wardrobe lasted your entire lifetime. Yeah. Like imagine like you go to the thrift store, you see a pair of pants. They're made with that material, fit you like a glove. You don't have to worry about it. Forever. That would sound amazing. Yeah, forever. God, see, I would love that. I need to make this. So I'm just kidding. Yes, please do. I've anyone listening who wants to work with you on that. Yeah, there you go. Let's let's make a new material together. <laughs> Editing Tolly is jumping in here to say that due to technical difficulties, I don't have the full final answer from Jazz for the next question, but I thought I would include what I do have just so you can hear it. And lastly, 
what is one thing that people listening could do to help make this world of joy and colour led by you, Powerpuff Girl Bubbles? (laughs) What can we do to make that world a reality? I think the biggest thing is for whatever you're passionate about, lean into that and figure out what you can do to make it more sustainable. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and want to follow the podcast elsewhere, then you can find it on Instagram at, at idealisticallypod and on Twitter at, at idealisticallyp. You can find me at, at Tomea, which is spelled T-O-L-M-E-I-A. And all the information, book recommendations, everything else you could ever possibly want will be in the description to the episode. Please feel free to leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are able to like, share, send it to your friends, send it to your mum. I will be forever grateful. Sound and editing by myself and music by Stowe Gregory. Thank you.